Merry Christmas. So back in the spring of 2020, during the height of what I thought was the pandemic, or the height of the pandemic, um, I developed a practice to take care of myself. Uh, after listening to dark and foreboding TV newscasts and radio, uh, uh, radio shows and, and reading articles on television about the spread of the pandemic, I found myself retreating each night to the comfort of my bedroom where I would light a candle, I would have a cup of tea, I would take a deep breath, and I would listen to a podcast called Poetry Unbound. Has anyone heard of it? Yes, it is awesome. I highly recommend it. It's hosted by a poet, an Irish poet named Padraig Otuama. So this is a short podcast, maybe only five to ten minutes, in which uh, the host, Padraig, would read a poem in his thick Irish accent. It's very comforting. And then he would parse out some of its possible meanings. And I say possible meanings because poetry, I learned, can mean so many different things to so many different people. Now, I am not a poet, and I do not pretend to be a poet, but I learned in those months to love poetry. I learned to respect poetry and the people that write it. I learned that poetry has a certain power. I learned how in the midst of darkness and despair, poetry can show us a way. It can provide us a window. Through poetry, we can dream, we can yearn for something that does not yet exist, and we can make it, make it exist. We can make it so, even just for a small, brief second. I also learned that we should hold poetry really lightly. Don't hold on too hard. For if we try to grasp at the meaning of each phrase or each word of poetry, if we try too much to understand the author or the point that they are trying to make with their poem, we risk killing the spirit of the poem, choking the life out of the poem. In this morning's gospel lesson from John, we have just heard a poem. It is an early Christian poem about everything. It begins with the words, in the beginning, which is a very good place to start if you plan to encompass everything. Now, I know it is a poem because several, several biblical commentators have described the poetic nature of it and the structure of it. There is a certain beauty to its prose. There is repetition. There is an emphasis on themes of light and knowing and the way or in the word. And then there is this greater poet, poetic essence on display in this passage from John today. It is not logical. It is not logical or reasonable. This poem today does not fit into our neat and tidy boxes. It does not conform to the rules of our legal jargon or the perfect email or the most efficient tweet. It is, it is also radical. At its heart, this poem today is about the incarnation, about the eternal word, the Christ, becoming here and now, taking on flesh, Jesus. All that ever was eternally was willing to start somewhere here in our space, in our time. It does not make sense. The creator becomes created. The God who made Mary chose Mary to make him. 
And God didn't break into this world as an emperor or a noble person or a tech billionaire, but as a baby, a vulnerable baby dependent on others in a shed. It does not make sense in the way that things should make sense to us. But there is something here that stirs our hearts regardless of that. It captures us. It holds our imaginations. It speaks to our souls. Even if we fully don't understand it, even if we do not grasp its meaning, it captures us. But that's poetry. And this is beautiful cosmic poetry. Now you might not realize it, But we Christians come from a tradition of poets. Our Jewish and early Christian ancestors realized that in poetry we can do things not permitted by logic and reason. Our ancestors realized that poetry can make room for contradictions and tensions which logic must deny. They also realized that poetry can help us remember, it can help us lament, it can help us celebrate. And then perhaps more importantly, poetry can allow us to suppose, to imagine, to conjure, to wonder. Miriam and Moses composed poetry when the slaves marched out of Egypt and escaped Pharaoh's army. Zechariah wrote poetry when he found out that he and Elizabeth would have a child after years, a lifetime of trying to have a child. Mary, just a few days ago, wrote poetry when she, a virgin, found out she was pregnant. My soul magnifies the Lord, Mary wrote, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. For these biblical characters, poetry allowed them to celebrate the impossible, even though they could explain none of it. It's poetry. In medieval Christian history, the tradition of poetry continues. The mystic Julian of Norwich proclaimed after speaking with Christ in several of her visions that all will be well, all will be well, and all manner of things shall be well. Centuries later, theologian and Catholic monk Thomas Burton would use his own poetry to describe the beauty and the awe and the irrational wonder of God's breaking into this world when he wrote in his poem, A Christmas Carol, Shall not this child, when we shall hear the bells of his amazing voice, conquer the winter of our hateful century? It's poetry. We stand in the line of poets who weave words and cast visions of unspeakable indescribable joy that forego all the rules that we might have for the text of our existence. And the same wonder and the same sense of celebration is found today in this gospel passage on this day. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Today, this Christmas day, I contend that we should discard the logical, the reasonable, and the rational, 
in favor of the unbelievable and unfathomable sense of joy. On this Christmas day, all souls, I ask each of you to embrace the Christmas poem, whatever that looks like in your life. Cast away the rigid legal jargon that prohibits you from seeing this new light shining brilliantly in the darkness. Throw down the rubrics which will tell you that so-and-so isn't possible anymore because you're, you're too old or you're too this or too that. Embrace the poem, however this poem greets you today. Don't try to understand every phrase and every word. Don't attempt to comprehend each and every line or phrase of this passage of John. Do not dissect the poem. For if you do, you risk choking the life and the wonder and the mystery from it. Hold it lightly. Check your intellectual criticism, your skepticism, your doubt, and just allow yourself a moment to feel the wonder of it. Let your imagination go unchecked. Stand today in the, in the radiance of this Christmas joy, a Christmas joy that proclaims that against all odds, a child today was born to a virgin in Bethlehem, a child that will not bow to an empire, a child that will not, will not stand for a religion's coarse grasp, whose voice shall conquer the winter of our hateful century and our fearful decades, whose very existence promise us promises us that all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things shall be well. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. And with that, I will end this sermon, and I will end it in the way in which it began, with a poem. This is a poem entitled, Book of Genesis, which is a really good place to start if you plan to encompass everything. This is a poem which, like the words of John today, focuses on new beginnings. It bids us to welcome the fresh start which Christmas Day always promises us. It invites us to wonder, to imagine, to suppose the impossible, regardless of how impossible that might seem. Book of Genesis, written by Kay Miller. Suppose there was a book full of only the word let, L-E-T, from whose clipped sounds all things begin. Fur and firmament, feather, the first whale. And suppose that we could scroll through its pages every day to find and to pronounce a let meant only for us. We would stumble through the streets with open books, with eyes crossed from too much reading. We would speak in auto-rhyme, and the world would echo itself. And still, we'd continue in rounds, saying let and let and let and let, until even silent dreams had been allowed.